0: Hello everybody, welcome to Creepy Tale Spooky, my name is Creepy Crawler Gal, and I have some awesome news for you guys. I have a YouTube channel now. Yes, you can go to YouTube, search up Creepy Tale Spooky, and subscribe to my channel. It would help me so much, it would brighten my day if you guys just went and subscribed. Just to see more content from me, if you really love my content, you know, go subscribe to that, and... Turn on the notifications. I know YouTube sucks right now and it's not sending the notifications when you click on the bell, but just click on the bell. (laughs) Today we will be reading from a creepypasta called The Thing That Will Kill Me. I grew up in a tiny town in Vermont. Tiny in terms of population, not size. There were huge sprawling farms and wooden areas, but almost no people. More cows than people, which is standard for a lot of small towns in Vermont. So clearly, not the most fun in the world of a kid who was sick of freezing winters and awful balmy summers. Surrounded by boring Vermonters that didn't have many kids my age. My only close friend was Tina, who was a year older than me. We spent almost all of our time with each other, constantly dreaming about life outside Vermont. The people in our town were strange folk, different different than other places. One thing, I didn't realize about small towns until I moved to the city is how incredibly superstitious the people could be. They believed in the strange and the paranormal. They believed in Libya. Libya was an older French Canadian woman who had moved to Vermont when she met her husband and everyone in town thought she was clairvoyant, psychic. Even my own parents did. One day, my mother lost her wedding ring. She had looked around everywhere for it. They called Luvia, and she immediately told them where it was. Under the rotting wood. They looked in the backyard where my father had been tearing apart a decaying piano he'd found. My mother had helped him one day. The ring was there, under old rotting wood. After hearing about Luvia from older townsfolk who seemed to think she was 100% credible, Tina and I decided to go see her one evening to try and find out whatever she could tell us about the future. In air quotes. I was skeptical, but it seemed like a fun thing to do as a joke. So we dropped by her house in the early evening, And she opened the door as we walked up to the pathway to her house. Before we even had a chance to knock. Tina, 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 Tina. Elbowed me in the ribs and whispered that Louvier was clearly a psychic. She sensed us coming to the door. I whispered back that. It probably had more to do with her house being full of windows and the fact that she probably saw us coming from a long way away. Either way, I started to feel strange the minute we got close to her. She was very, very old, very tiny, and kind of sunken. Sunken eye sockets and sharp cheekbones. and a sort of concave chest cavity. It was more than a little unnerving, but she smiled and was sweet to us and started to warm up to her. Nothing about her to her or her house seemed creepy psychic to me. Just a well-dressed older woman in a cabin. It looked like how you'd imagine any typical grandmother's house. Dollies, knitting, family magazines, etc. We told her that we were interested in clairvoyant readings, in air quotes, and handed her about $20 that we had scounged together between t- the two of us. She led us to her kitchen table and asked, Which of us wanted to go first? What can you tell me about my love life? Tina asked. Luvia had no crystal ball, cards, or tea leaves. She just closed her eyes and sat there silently for two minutes. Then she took a deep breath and said, Michael Carton. Tina stared at her for a few seconds until Luvia repeated, Michael Carton, the man you're going to marry, Michael Carton. Tina thanked her and repeated the name to herself a few times. Michael Carton. Michael Carton. Michael Carton. Luvia then turned to me. Whatever you can tell me, I'd like to hear, I said. It doesn't have to be about my love, life, or anything. Luvia closed her eyes for a few seconds, but information about me seemed to reach her much quicker than her vision of Tina's husband. She looked straight into my eyes and grabbed my hand and said, The thing that will kill you is shredding his skin. The thing that will kill you is sharpening his teeth. The thing that will kill you is washing the blood off his claws. The thing that will kill you is gathering skins. The thing that will kill you. You won't see it coming. The three of us sat there in silence for quite a while. I felt sick. Shake it up. Luvia looked as she wished she didn't have to tell me that. Is there anything I can do to stop it? She asked. Luvia slid her money back across the table. No charge for the reading. Tina and I slunk out of Luvia's house. Quietly. We didn't say a word on the way back to our house. Tina just found out the name of her love. I got to listen to a horrifying encrypted message about my death. I was 12 years old. I was fucking terrified. When Tina left me at my doorstep, she tried to make light of the reading. How does she know how I'm gonna marry? She asked. And it's not like some monster's going to get you. Some skin shedding blood sharp. It's not like some monster is going to get you. It's not like some monster I- isn't going to get you. For years, I looked for it. The thing that would kill me. I could almost feel it, sense it just behind each car, swaying behind the trees at night, underneath the fresh snow, waiting outside my window. With every step, I hesitated. Every time I tried to sleep, I could almost see it. What had she said about the teeth? Look at those hot skin for blood, for skin, for hides. But I never found it. When I was 18, I left for college in California to get far away from the snow and the cold and the thing that would kill me. I stopped sensing it everywhere. My heart stopped pounding whenever I walked alone at night. Maybe, whatever it was, it stayed in Vermont. Maybe. It w- when. <sighs> Maybe it wasn't the thing at all. People in California laughed when I told them the story, and it stopped seeming real. Just the ramblings of a tiny ancient French Canadian woman. It wasn't real. When I was twenty-seven, a wedding invitation came in the mail. Tim was well, getting married. This was the first I had heard of it. I was still in California and barely kept in contact with anyone back east. It seemed like a past life. You are cordially invited to the wedding of Michael Carton and Tina. Wait, no, she, she had, clearly she had the name in mind, Michael Carton, and she sought him out, it had nothing to do with Luvia, her predictions weren't real, they couldn't be, clairvoyance don't exist, it's ridiculous to think that kind of Thing happens in the real world. I went to the wedding. Tina, Michael and I laughed about the whole thing. The psychic knew. She predicted it. Of course she didn't. Tina and Michael decided it was no more than a funny story to tell their future children. Just tell us if you run into some beast with razor sharp teeth that gathers skin, okay? Then we'll think it's more than just a funny coincidence. I left the wedding as sure as I was ever. That the thing that will kill me wasn't real. Didn't exist. I looked behind the trees, behind the cars. Nothing was waiting for me. Nothing was ready to skin me alive. I didn't know why I had been so scared for so long. The best thing about Tina's wedding was that we got back in touch for the first time in a very long time. We were very different people than we had been as childs. But we still shared more of a bond than we realized. She was happy living in Vermont with Michael. She told me everything that was going on in our town. The population slowly increased. The new schools that were building. The babies that were born. Luvia dying. As the years went on. Her calls and emails got less and less frequent. She always seemed to be busy. Soon they tapered off completely. I missed her, of course, but I home I had my own life, and I could check in on my childhood home whenever I wanted. <laughs> One winter I came into town to visit my parents for the holidays and decided to swing by Tina's house. I'd normally never just drop by, but she was pretty bad about answering her phone and I really wanted to see her. I pulled up to her and Michael's house. Two cars were in the driveway, so I figured they were both home. I walked up and rang the doorbell. Michael opened it, dressed in several layers and a large coat, as if he had just came from the snow. He invited me inside. He looked very surprised to see me and asked if I had talked to Tina. I hadn't actually, not in several months, sorry for the invasion. I don't usually just drop by like this, but I was wondering if I could see her. I, um, figured you knew that you'd have heard she left me a few months ago, just up and left. Hasn't spoken to me since. Oh, God, I said, I'm so sorry, I had no idea. He took off his coat and hung it on the coat rack by the door. Can I take your coat? He asked. I told him it was alright. I wouldn't be staying long. I was just so shocked that she'd do something like that. He was a really good guy. I'm sorry. I was just about to get ready for bed. Do you mind? No, not at all. I settled in and looked around the house while he went to the bathroom. Of course, I don't mind. Do you know where she went? I don't. He yelled from the bathroom, mouth full of toothpaste. She didn't call until after she was gone. That's awful, I'm sorry. He started flossing, and that's when I, he saw me looking towards him. He closed the door for privacy. When I heard the shower water start running, I pulled out my phone, figured I'd take this time to look through the last messages Tina sent to me to see if she gave any hint of where she went, any clue. My phone fell out of my hand as if it was trying to get away from me. And I saw it drop beneath the couch. As I felt around under the couch for my phone, my hand hit something else. A massive clump of long hair. I pulled it out from beneath the couch. It seemed to be so strange, a large mass of hair, brown hair, tina shade, hair with a piece of scalp still attached to it. The thing that will kill you is gathering skins. I turned towards the bathroom door. Michael was still showering. The thing that will kill you is washing the blood off its claws. Flossing, blah, brushing. The thing that will kill you is sharpening his teeth. Slotting off his outer coats, his shoes. The thing that will kill you is shedding his skin. Oh God, the thing that will kill me. I heard the water in the shower stop. Movement from inside the bathroom. I ran. I ran out the door, slammed the door, sprinted to my car, shaking, watching the door. My hands fumbled with the keys, shaking, shaking. The door to the house opened. My car started. I drove. I didn't look back. I drove all through the night, through most of the next day, only stopping when I absolutely had to. I had no idea. If he was following me, I had no idea what I had just seen. My heart didn't stop beating normally again until I was two states away. I went home. This was a month ago. I called the police. They investigated. Nothing turned up. They're sure she just left him moved away. Maybe she did. Maybe she's far away, safe. Maybe nothing's coming for me. Maybe Michael's just a poor guy whose wife left him. Maybe there's nothing behind the trees and the snowdrifts, underneath the cars, out smiling at my door at night, and the windows. Maybe it's nothing. It's probably nothing. Louie has been wrong before. Hasn't she? The thing that will kill you. You won't see it coming. And that was it for today's story i hope you guys enjoyed and make sure to go to my youtube channel creepy tell spooky you know whole name make sure it's in capitals or maybe not i don't know how this search bar thing works if you want to see more content from me please make sure to um subscribe to the channel Follow me on whatever you're listening to this podcast on. And have a great day. Peace out.